So Dave Taylor speaking with Alice Cooper, who's coming to Chrysler Hall on April 26th. The current tour, uh, do you have a theme for the current tour that you're bringing to Chrysler Hall? Yeah, you know, spending a night with Alice Cooper is like going to a, a some sort of weird vaudeville dream that you've had. Uh, you know, it's it's all all the hits. You know, it's it's all the hits from over thirty albums. Um, it's a full out Alice Cooper production. So it's the guillotine, the snake, the giant, the Frankenstein that comes out, the nurse, the. I mean, I, it goes on and on. Every single song has some sort of you know, device that makes it a theatrical device. And we never live the, get, let the audience get a chance to get their breath. You know, if you look away from the stage, you're going to miss something. And the great thing about it is, is the band is so good that uh, the reviews start out with praising the band, how good the band is. Uh, I've got this girl, Hurricane Nita Strauss, 27 years old. She looks like a model and she plays like Jimi Hendrix, you know. Um, the, I've got the number one drummer in rock and roll. Uh, Glenn Sobel was voted number one drummer in rock and roll. Wow. Uh, and so, I mean, you know, it, the band is monstrous. They're so good. And you, you put that together with an Alice Cooper show and with all that energy, and it's, it's something you don't want to miss. I, I've seen your show a number of times, uh, but the one thing I've never seen is the snake. And are you still terrified of snakes? How do you do this? No, not at all. <laughs> it, you know, I mean, I, I am I am healthily uh, terrified of the snakes we have in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> when I play golf six days a week, and we play in the desert, you know, and if your ball goes in the desert, you're very likely to see something that doesn't want you in there. Have you so, had any encounters? Yeah, I, 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 oh yeah, we see rattlers all the time. You know, uh, I, I very, I, I really haven't heard of anybody being bitten, but there we see. I'd say we see one a day out there. Wow, I, uh, <laughs> an event that just happened on Sunday might be the, uh, a big WrestleMania event, and I remember uh, in '87 uh, you were a big part of WrestleMania three in Detroit. How did you get involved with that, and what was that like? You know, it, it, it being Detroit and me being, you know. Uh, the favorite son there, uh, when they, when they decide when they were going to have Jake the Snake uh, fight the Honky Tonk Man, you know, they called me up and they said, "Hey, Detroit, Jake the Snake, this is a great coordination between you and this, and uh, even if you don't know anything about wrestling, which I really pretty much didn't. I mean, I knew it was a great show, yeah, but I didn't really know. And at this at this time, this was all the sort of the real." name guys, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and, you know, the Junkyard Dog and all these guys, they were actually all the, the big names under one roof. And it was really fun to do. I mean, it was really 90,000 people at, at the, you know, Silverdome. And uh, it was just a different kind of theater for me, but it was fun. Yeah, that looked like a great time. Uh, a couple of years ago, you put out an album, which which I was, I by the way, of all of your albums, I'm a huge fan, so this is an awesome album Oh, thank for you, me. man. Um, and I'm not, like, just saying that, but Welcome to My Nightmare 2, or Welcome, yeah, that album, the uh, one you did put out in 2011, is a fantastic album. And, and I was so happy for you, because on that album, you worked with uh, Dick Wagner, who you used to work with in the 70s and 80s. How, how did you get, like, right. some of the, like him and some of the other guys on board for this album? Well, you know, uh, the guys that are still around, you know, you know are, you never lose them as friends. They're always friends. 
In fact, on the new album that's coming out, this uh, I think it's coming out at the beginning of summer, um, I've got Neil, Dennis, and Mike from the original band. Oh, wow. uh, we do three or four songs together on there. And Bob Ezrin, who produced all the big albums for me, Billion Dollar Babies and School's Out and all the big ones, uh, he produced it. And it's got everybody on it from, you know, the drummer from U2, Larry, plays on it. Um, Billy Gibbons is on it. It's, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, this album, I'm really proud of this album. And I can't wait for it to come out. But you never lose track of those guys. Steve Hunter plays on the album. He's the one that, that, it, that was sort of the tandem guitar player with Dick Wagner when they were in my band. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get two guys better than that in a band, Wagner and Hunter. You know, I mean, like when you hear Aerosmith's Train Kept a Rollin', that's actually Steve Hunter. And then, you know, the other band that I'm in, the, the Hollywood Vampires, uh, I'm working with Joe Perry and Johnny Depp. And the weird thing about that one is, is everybody says, well, you know, Johnny Depp, you know. And what they don't realize is this. Joe Perry is one of the great guitar players in rock and roll. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. He, yeah, he takes lessons from Johnny Depp. <laughs> That's how good Johnny is. When you guys did that, how hard is it to figure out what songs you're putting on an album? Because it sounded like you had so much fun. It's like, how do you, how do you determine like what you're going to record? It was absolutely surprising on so many levels because you've got three or four or five alpha males that are all (laughs) in different bands and they're all the leaders of their own bands, right? Yeah. And you put them together and you're expecting there's going to be ego clashes and who's going to lead this thing and this, that. There was never one argument there was never one moment of disrespect for anybody. All we did was have fun. You know, when, when we were sitting around listening to the songs, let's say we were going to do a, a Jimi Hendrix song. Well, you know, so which one do you want to do? One guy says, let's do this. And I said, well, let's do Manic Depression. Uh, Johnny says, let's try Fire. We, we tried all of them. And the, one, the, the song that came out the best was the one that was, we'd put on the album. But nobody ever argued, had to argue their point. You know, yeah, uh, and you know, we're sitting, we're we're in the studio. I mean, this is pretty amazing. And you got Johnny on guitar, you've got Joe Perry on guitar, you've got, you know, the room is full of rock stars. Paul McCartney walks in, sits down at the piano, and says, "Okay, um, this is a song I wrote for Badfinger, and Alice, you take the lead vocal on this, and um, I'm going to sing this part, and uh, Johnny, you play this." And our, our, our jaws are open, you know, like, what? You know, because it's not just a beetle, that's the beetle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you finally kind of realize, I wouldn't even be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for that guy right there. He's, you know, he's Paul, and now he's a Hollywood vampire. I mean, he's, he's one of us. There you go. Is, is there guys out there? I mean, obviously you got to record with with Paul. That that's uh, that. If you guys do another album, and I hope you do, that you're looking to get like we got to get this guy in our next album. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's all all kinds of guys. You know, when you get those, that kind of crew together, all you got to do is just call somebody up, you know, and say, "Hey, uh, we're we're recording this. It would be cool if you were on guitar." You know, and now with technology, let's say the guys in England. Yeah. You know, say it's a Jimmy Page, and we send him the track, and if he likes it, he'll say, okay, yeah, let me, uh, I'll put the track on, and he just does it there in England, sends it back. Because you can trust what he's going to put on there is going to be great. Yeah. 
you know, if it's a Jeff Beck or it's a, you know, a, a David Gilmore or something like that, you don't even have to, you don't have to sit in the studio with him because you know whatever he plays is going to be great. Yeah, those guys are pros. I know you had uh, Robbie Krieger playing the last uh, album. Oh, Robbie, <laughs> Robbie was so good. Robbie came in and, you know, we were doing uh, uh, five to one and break on through. And he just plugged in and started playing all that liquid sort of guitar, wow. you know. And it was, I was so happy when I heard that. It was just like listening to the doors again, you know. Yeah, Bob Ezrin has been like your man for a number of albums. What is it like working with that guy? Well, you know, we started together. I mean, he was just a kid, and he had never done an album before when he did Love It to Death with us. And so we all started at the same time. And all just kind of like looked at each other and said, well, let's do this. Nobody's ever done this. Let's try it. And it just so happened that he was smart enough to take all of the good parts that we wrote and turn them into hit songs. You know, uh, you, know you can't stick around for 50 years unless you have hit records. Yeah. You know, you can't just stick around on your, on your reputation for having a show. You have to have those songs because generally when people do come to a concert, they're coming in to hear the songs. They're really, the, 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 the theatrics is a, is a great big, you know, uh, layer of icing on the cake. But when they come in, they're coming in to hear the songs. And so you better have the songs. <laughs> and, and you pull that off because you got the theatrics and you're singing at the same time. I mean, in the straight jacket when you're doing uh, the oh, yeah. ballad of Dwight Fry and everything. You know, just... Yeah, it's treated like a Broadway play. I mean, you know, we let the songs and the lyrics kind of decide what the show's going to be. If I say welcome to my nightmare, well, you could be pretty sure I'm going to give you the nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> When you first got started, and I always loved the story, but you auditioned for like Frank Zappa like early in the morning, and that still worked out for you. That's oh yeah, Frank. You know, Frank told us to be there at seven, and we were so anxious to be signed. We we got there at seven in the morning, and uh, he comes down with his coffee. This was at his house, and we're playing, and he comes down with his coffee, and we're in full stage gear at seven in the morning, and he looks at us and he goes, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and he said, "Well, you said seven. He said, no, I'm at 7 at night. And he says, well, I'm already here. Go ahead. He listens to his play, watches it, and he goes, I don't get it. And I said, well, is that good? And he goes, yeah, that's good. For Frank Zappa to say, I don't get it, <laughs> is, is kind of mind-blowing. You know, he says, I don't, I don't understand what you're doing. He said, I know it's based in rock, but you just did five two-minute songs, and each song had 35 changes in it. You know, and I went, yeah. And he says, nobody can play that live. He says, except you guys. Well, our first album was very bizarre, Pretty's for You. Yeah. And so Frank says, I will definitely sign you to my label. And then from that label, that that label got bought by Warner Brothers, and then we were on Warner Brothers for the next 15 albums. Okay, that's you know? how you ended up there. Okay, I always wonder what, where the change was, because I think it was, what, Discreet Records or something? or what was Yeah, it? Straight Records was also Street, yeah. Bizarre Records. Okay. And, and then Warner Brothers, it was a division of Warner Brothers. So Warner's then, when we came up with Love It to Death and actually had a hit single, 18, and then the next record was Killer, and we had another single on that, and then we had schools out. I mean, we had three, four, five, six in a row, you know, that were top ten hits. Then, you know, the people that were the naysayers, the ones that said, well, this band is just all show, had to swallow that and go, 
oh my gosh, these guys really write good songs. <laughs> What was that like to go from, I don't want to say like obscurity, but I know like Easy Action obviously wasn't like a big album, but then to go to Love of the Death and then Killer and you got these big, in two in one year, two big albums, what was that like? It was, you know, the big difference was that, that Bob Ezrin was our George Martin. You know, he was the one, we, we designed the first two albums. We didn't listen to the producer at all. We just, we just did what we did. And, you know, they, they kind of got people's attention. They're, wow, this is a freaky band and all that. When we got with Bob Ezrin, we all stopped and listened to him. And he took what we had and really made it into something that you could hear on the radio without losing its edge. Like when you heard 18 yeah. on the radio, it was different than anything else on the radio. And yet it fit in with the format. And when you heard Schools Out, it was totally different than anything else on the radio but it was it was you know sort of like groundbreaking and that was that was our niche was the fact that you know we could we could be on the same station as the supremes and simon and garfunkel and yet our songs were just as interesting if not much more groundbreaking yeah, that was a great time. Uh, I'm going through some classic footage. I remember, of course, you do in the Muppets, but something I, I never saw before until uh, Chuck Barris died. I, I had no idea you did an appearance on the Gong Show. Oh, I used to watch the Gong Show every day, and I loved Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris was one of those guys that just made you laugh. He was so funny. Yeah, and he had such a great. Oh, you're gonna love these guys. These guys are so good. You know, everything that he did was based on embarrassment. The dating game, you know, all that stuff, the, the newlywed game, it was all based on people embarrassing themselves in front of the United States. So the gong show, he says, I want the worst acts in the world to show up for this, and we're going to make it into something that everybody's going to be laughing their heads off over. I watched it every day, and then finally, you know, they said, do you think Alice would come on? And, and I went, Absolutely. You know, and I, I did uh, think I'm going out of my head with my head in the guillotine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tony Randall comes up and he cuts my head off. You know, he's just, oh, that Alice, well, too bad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like you had a lot of fun doing that uh, at that point, because yeah, you did the Walk in My Nightmare with I Remember the Mop. Or you had like a television special, too, at that time as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, we were so visually based that we belonged on TV or in film. You know, I mean, it was one of those things where it was great to see us live because it was like a stage play. You know, it was like a Broadway show. But then when you put that on film or you put it on TV, I decided I loved playing characters. So, I mean, I did, I did a lot of different characters on TV. And it, at the same time, Johnny Carson would, you know, have me on. And the same people that were terrified of me were now laughing because I was funny. I got on there and I could sit and talk with Johnny and, you know, and anybody that was on there and make them laugh. And so I, we showed a different side of Alice Cooper. It was sort of a, wow, this guy is not just terrifying, but he's also got this other kind of comedy end to him, you know. Well, well, and I think at that time, because and I, I think this kind of explained the whole Hollywood vampires thing you recently did. But you hung out with like the who's who of Hollywood at the time, or at least, or the big names: Salvatore Dali, uh, Groucho Marx was a friend of yours. Oh yeah, Groucho was what, one of my best buddies. You know, he would call me up at, you know, he'd call me up at uh, two in the morning, and he'd go, "Alice, can't sleep, come on over." <laughs> and I'd go over to his house, and he'd be laying in bed. And he'd have a chair next to the bed 
with a six-pack of Budweiser and a television. We'd sit there and watch old movies. You know, and it was, and I'd, I'd sit and watch old movies with him. He'd laugh. He'd tell me all these stories. About this, and I'd look over, finally, he'd be asleep. So I'd put his cigar out, and I'd leave. Next night, one in the morning, Alice, can't sleep. Come on over. And, I mean, what a great relationship to have yeah. with somebody like Groucho Marx, you know. Wow. When you come into Hampton Roads here on the 26th, I don't, I don't know what, what your tour schedule uh, is, but are you going to do some golfing in this area? we got some pretty good golf courses. Yeah. Every we, I play every day. I play six days a week. And so, yeah, there's, it's, it, it has to be uh, something like a, um, a migraine abscess tooth in order for me not to be playing golf. Uh, so yeah, we, I'd definitely be playing golf there. Then Pretty cool. Yeah. Everybody wants to be in my band. You play golf <laughs> in the morning and rock and roll at night and get paid. How weird is that? That's, that's a pretty good gig. That's the best gig in the world. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, uh, does it get competitive out there or is everybody just having fun? You know, my guys are just getting, you know, I'm, I'm a four handicap. So, I mean, you know, uh, my guitar player, and my bass player, have been playing for about five years, and they're both like eight or nine handicapped now. You know, they can both play. Uh, but it's because I make them play every day. Yeah. And now they, they just, they were forced to play. You know, they, they're forced now to be pretty good players. You know, I, it's kind of great that you guys do that because, I mean, when, like, you know, you're focused on something during the day. You're having fun. You're not locked up in the hotel room or just waiting oh, for yeah. the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when I used to sit and when I used to, when I was an alcoholic, you know, 35 years ago, I would sit in the hotel room and drink, you know, and watch TV and then drink and then watch TV and then drink and watch TV. And then finally we'd do the show at night, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, it's uh, 35 years sober. And I get up in the morning, play golf, come back, go out and have lunch with my wife, uh, go shopping, take a nap, and then go do the show. And it's like being on vacation. Sounds like a heck of a time. Well, it's going to be a fun night, April 26th at Chrysler Hall with Alice Cooper. When you see the show, it's, it's going to absolutely you know, blow your mind because it is more energy now in this show than it was back then. Wow. Wow, I saw you at the uh, the Motley Crue tour. But I, when you were here, you played in Virginia Beach. You did the uh, back when the ice bucket challenge was a thing. <laughs> That's oh yeah, we did that one. I remember that. I tell you what, people kind of laughed at that. That was a shock to the system. When you get dumped with ice water, I'm telling. There's a there's a couple of seconds there where you lose your breath. It's so. I mean, it is. It really does put a shock to you. Yeah, that, that was crazy to see on stage because, and I kind of figured out what was going on. But, uh, but yeah, but that was, and I would say I've seen you a number of times, and that was probably one of my favorite performances that you've done. Um, well, when you see that, that was half the show. Yeah. When you see this one, it's that show plus another half of the show. So I mean, you know, I mean, we had to leave a lot of things out of that show because we were their special guests. Yeah. So we were only playing for an hour. We we normally do an hour and forty five minutes, so we took forty five minutes of essential stuff out of the show wow. when you see it this time you're going to see the whole thing yeah alice thank you so much looking forward to you chrysler hall and, and on the uh, 26th of april thank you so much okay okay man i'll see you backstage i right, will see you have a great day